0: It's the most all star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All Stars. New season now
1: streaming on Paramount Plus. Go to paramountplus.com to try it free. Terms apply.
2: This is fantasy football today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath,
0: and Ben. All right, welcome to the show. It is Tuesday, and we're wrapping up our drafts. Ben Gretsch, Dave Richard, you got any drafts remaining?
2: Oh, yeah. I have at least three that I know about, and uh, I, I have to tell a heartbreaking story Uh-oh. to begin.
0: And then I'll tell a funny story to okay. make everything better.
2: I was invited to a draft that I had to turn down. It's a draft that I've wanted to be in for a long time. And um, the timing just didn't work out. And so I'm going to be in one less league than I uh, I maybe could have, should have been in. I turned down the Waterbury Open, hosted by none other than Twitter's version of Shooter McGavin.
0: I don't know what that is, means. and I, You don't and, know who Shooter McGavin is? I know who Shooter McGavin is. Schrager doesn't, but Twitter's version of Shooter McGavin? What does that mean?
2: Well, it's not the real Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin was a fictional character played by Chris McDonald in the movie Happy Gilmore. But this is somebody who took on the persona on Twitter. And uh, honestly, it's maybe the only Twitter handle that's changed my life. And now I can't even participate in his special fantasy league that he invited me to. Shooter, yeah. Now, all right, well, I'm sorry to hear that, Dave. I, uh, I told him that usually by 10:30 I'm finishing up my warm glass of milk and going to bed. But because I'm unable to participate in his draft, I'm going to have a warm glass of shut the hell up.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, now you're have back. The gold hurt. jacket's yours. Shooter's going to choke. <laughs> I love that's so, such a weird one-off line
2: in that movie. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's me, like, Dave, and Ben. A- Adam ben Sandler Brace wanted today. to give his buddy a line in the movie, and uh, that was yeah. the line that they put in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So weird. Um. So funny story. I, I think this is a funny story. Somebody, we have a, a, an office league, and I guess Jamie picked up Daryl Williams a few days ago, but that was before the commissioner of the league had set up waivers. So someone else in the league sent an email and said, "Hey, shouldn't Jamie have to give back Daryl Williams and have him go back on waivers because Jamie picked him up before waivers were set up?" And I, rep- and I just knew that if I didn't reply, I, don't, I really don't think anybody would have replied. That email would have just sat there. So I wrote back. I was like, yeah, yeah I think that's a good point if that's what happened, um, something like that. So Jamie, we were just got off the phone. Jamie's like, why did you respond to that email? I'm like, well, because <laughs> nobody was going to say anything. I didn't want to just sit there. A- and Jamie's like explaining to me like probably what happened and what the mistake was. A- and I was like, yeah, I just I didn't want it to go unnoticed. So Jamie goes, But you're not even in the league. I was like, I'm not <laughs> I think JV made me a co manager so I could see the league for content or something like that. And here I am responding to your your <laughs> Here I am playing fantasy
2: cop in a league that I'm not even in. So I felt really well, bad. Well, I mean, about it's that. not surprising after you called your local government officials. Oh stop after it. A golf stop it. <laughs> was open.
1: I but okay. no, I love the way Dave said he has three more that he knows of. I I, I don't know. I know I have two more, um, but that's all I know of.
0: Well, I got Twitch tonight, sharing a team on Twitch. So the Twitch draft is tonight and Twitch uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time, Tuesday, Thursday, and then 11.30 a.m. on Sundays, answering all of your questions. All right, let's get to it. First topic I want to address came from a couple of emails, and it's about handcuff strategy. Uh, And I I know we've talked about this, but let's do it again because I'm getting enough questions about it. So Nick from Chicago says, should I trade – Boston Scott to the Miles Sanders manager for Chase Edmonds because I have Kenyon Drake. So, he, you know, do you just swap handcuffs there? And then Steve from a Michigan town known for chicken and Christmas. Dave?
2: Detroit. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I. I <don't,
0: laughs> That's a big town. I have James
2: Conner. I'm pretty sure they have chicken and celebrate Christmas in Detroit. They do. It's a good point.
0: I have James Conner and I have A.J. Dillon. Should I drop Dillon for Benny Snell? So we're getting these types of handcuffs questions. So let's start with that, that first idea of I, I have Chase Edmonds and I drafted Boston Scott. Should I make a trade to the Miles Sanders manager, give up Edmonds? Oh, no, I, I got it backwards. I have Boston Scott and I have Kenyon Drake. Um, should I give up Scott to get Chase Edmonds and everybody gets their handcuff? Dave, where, where, would, where would you stand on that? that? Is that something you would do?
2: It's something I would do. It's not something that I would actively seek out. There's probably a reason why you drafted Boston Scott in your draft, and you probably wanted to have him. And he probably carries a little more standalone value at this point than Chase Edmonds does. I might might wait a week before following through on that trade because what if Sanders re-injures his hamstring again week one? What if he is limited in week one and Boston Scott ends up playing great I I would hold I would wait a week. I would tell the other fantasy manager, you know what, it's it's not a bad idea in principle. Let's give it a week and see what happens. Of course you're running the risk that Kenyon Drake, you know, gets hurt and misses time and then you don't get Chase Edmonds at all. But I I think you I think you wait. I don't think you'd jump into it right now.
0: And Ben, you like to have your hands in as many pies as you can, right? So you'd rather have Edmonds and Scott.
2: (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. And for me, it's, it's kind of similar to what Dave said. It's a player value. And Scott for me is a full tier ahead of Edmonds. I understand like that. They're similar in a lot of ways, but I'm really high on Scott. Um, and so I wouldn't make that particular trade, but I, it's funny. We did a, a the FFT draft. What at the end of the last week or, or no, I don't know, Monday morning, Monday. early Monday morning. And uh, I ended up, Dave called me out because I ended up grabbing uh, Pollard and I had taken Ezekiel Elliott fourth overall. And that was because Pollard was my top running back for over a round. And so, yeah, I ended up handcuffing, but it's mostly just because Pollard was the clear pick for me at that point. And I don't even necessarily love it, but he was the clear best option for me. So to me, it's just like, where do you rank the backups? I'm not necessarily going to completely avoid it, but mm-hmm. um, I would much prefer Scott. And so I, I'm going to keep Scott.
0: Right. So if we go to our second email... From Steve from... I don't think it's Detroit. I think it's Santa Wing. It's known for chicken and Christmas. Nah, it's probably yeah. Detroit. Never it's been to, one or the other. Yeah, I've never been to Santa, Santa Wing. Uh, and he says, Dear Sam Cliff Norman coach, do either of the cheers. Bens know that? Oh, Dave ruined it. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. It's
1: cheers. Yeah, I knew that.
0: Okay. The other Ben Trager did not know that. Did, no, no, ben, no. You didn't know that? No. Classic show.
2: Do you even know who Ted Danson is?
0: Ted Danson, the guy
1: dances in a GIF, like no. You know,
2: Ted Danson.
0: What do you think he would know
2: Ted Danson
0: from? Three Men and a Little I, Lady. Well, I mean that is a classic. Uh no. he's been in a lot of stuff. You definitely know he's, Ted Danson. He might
2: be the best comedic actor in television history.
1: Yeah, and there's that song about him, "Hold Me Closer," Ted
0: Danson. <laughs> no, that's oh, Tony sure Danza. That's Tony Danza, man. Oh, Tony Danza. That's what it is. Come
1: yeah, on, yeah.
2: man. Um, all right, but this question is a little bit different. I'm starting to think that Schrager was literally born eight months ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I know him from CSI.
2: Uh, he wasn't on CSI.
1: Yeah, he starred in it.
2: Ted Danson was on CSI?
1: Yeah, maybe like in my time, like the past 10 years. Adam, CSI. I don't know. True?
2: I have no I idea. I'm Googling.
1: He's <laughs> definitely on The Good Place, which is one of the best comedies
2: made in the last yes. five years. Ted Danson, CSI. All right, so anyway, AJ Dillon. Yeah, I Dillon. guess he was on CSI. I'm way off. I, I thought Ted Danson was like only legally allowed to be on NBC sitcoms.
0: Okay, okay. So AJ Dillon, this, uh, so Steve wants to know if he should drop AJ Dillon for Benny Snell since he has James Conner. And we just got a report. I mean, we got a report that made this probably an easier call, but The Athletic saying that don't expect... Uh, A.J. Dillon, quote, don't expect A.J. Dillon to unseat Jamal Williams anytime soon. Yes, people have been mesmerized by Dillon's stature, especially his tree trunk quads, but Williams can catch the football. Dillon hasn't shown yet that he can in a game. Running backs coach Ben Sermon said that's the biggest difference between the two. So I do think you could do this. Would you drop A.J. Dillon for your handcuff? It doesn't have to be Benny Snell or whatever, but in, in general.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think I'm, I'm close on this one, too. There's two things that I, I have to have to to take a handcuff or to pick one up. one they have to be cheap and and in the case of Tony Pollard, I, I just made that example he was a lot a lot later of a pick than I expected him to be. Uh, and then the second is they have to be the clear backup. there can be no ambiguity because you I mean if you're high picked running back gets hurt early in the year, you're already in a bad spot. If they get hurt late in the year, if there's any ambiguity, he might not be the handcuff anymore. the guy you thought he was in August might not be anymore. Um, so I don't know where there's really value that gets brought in. The early injury, I guess, there's some value, but it's like, well, you're already kind of in a bad spot. Benny Snell seems to clearly be the number two. They really, really like him, and and similar to Pollard. It doesn't seem like there are a ton of those situations this year, though.
0: Okay. All right, so then that brings us to this question, right? Who is more valuable? Um, Some of these guys are kind of handcuffs, but they're in the you know, the Boston Scott, Chase Edmonds, that group, where they might have some standalone value, um, or these other running backs who are owned in fewer leagues. I, I just find these ownerships uh, interesting. So if you're sitting there and you're wondering if you should hang on to a backup running back, you're probably not going to start or take a chance on a guy like Josh Kelly. Who's more valuable, okay? So the the uh, five running backs I highlighted here that are all, all in 64%, rostered in 64% or more of leagues, Latavius Murray, Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard, Boston Scott, and Chase Edmonds. Okay? Latavius is 89% rostered. The others are in the 65 range. Madison, Pollard, Scott, and Edmonds. Would you keep them or would you drop them for any of these players who are managed or are rostered in less than 50% of leagues? Daryl Henderson, Damian Harris, Chris Thompson, Daryl Williams, Josh Kelly, Justin Jackson... Divine Ozigbo, and James Robinson. I'll give that list again. Daryl Henderson, Damian Harris, any of the Jacksonville running backs, Daryl Williams, Josh Kelly, and Justin Jackson.
2: Uh, Let's take Ozigbo, Harris, and Jackson off the list because I'm I'm not keeping them. In the case of Harris, I'll keep him if I have an IR spot, but otherwise I'd rather spend that roster spot on another running back who could have some breakout potential early on in the season. And that list, the the, the running backs with early season breakout potential would include Kelly. It would include Daryl Williams. It would include pretty much everybody else that you named. James Robinson is absolutely on that list. Daryl Henderson. Henderson might not play in week one. He's He might not play in week one. He would be, he's like a better version of Damian Harris because I I almost figure if you're, if you're stashing him, you're doing it for the first month because you want to see what you get out of them. And it goes without saying that almost anybody that you named is going to get cut if there is a really good player that comes up off the waiver wire that Mm -hmm. we've all completely missed and you lost in week one so that you can pick them up easily. Yeah,
1: I I pretty much agree with those uh, identifications. This is interesting because Murray, Madison, Pollard, and Edmonds for me are all really close. I mentioned Mm -hmm. Scott, I have a tier higher, but I have... Kelly in that tier above with Scott. So he's one that I, I think I would prefer to all of these guys other than Scott. Um, so but like, like have... if you're the
0: Alvin Kamara owner, would you drop Latavius Murray for Josh Kelly? Because no. I would not.
2: No, I, I think I think Pollard, Madison, Murray, and Scott in full PPR and maybe half PPR. And maybe non-PPR. Okay, fine. Those four, for sure, you got to hold on to, especially if you've got the starter in front of them.
1: I I think I I would. I would take Kelly over Murray in that scenario. And I know it's a little bit risky and goes against what you guys both just said. But I think I would. And then I was also going to know that Daryl Williams and uh, Robinson, for me, are both in that group, the the tier with Madison and Pollard and those guys. So if you prefer one of them, I I don't have a, a huge issue with it.
0: Yeah, I would say that with all of those running backs I mentioned being rostered in less than 50% of leagues, Henderson, Harris, well, let's let's forget about Harris, Ozigbo, and Justin Jackson, right? Henderson, Thompson, Daryl Williams, Josh Kelly, James Robinson, they're owned in 20 to 49% of leagues. Hopefully, you can make room for them, okay? Hopefully, there's maybe like a crappy wide receiver that you have or something. We're going to talk about some players who are owned in, or who rostered in too many leagues, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I see Dave, I see five running backs. What is it? It's Henderson, Thompson, Williams, Kelly, Robinson. Five running backs in less than fifty percent of the rostered in less than fifty percent of leagues that should be. Should be uh, yeah, I'm not saying they should be a hundred percent rostered.
2: No. But but there's an opportunity be- right now absolutely well I don't know about Henderson getting that opportunity which no is no I mean for fantasy managers
0: is an opportunity to get to get a running sure, back but get still some
2: like I think I'd rather roster Robinson for example who's the running back that no one really knows about uh, we could we could introduce everybody to him if you wanted to but no one really knows who he is and no one might want to know who he is because he might be a starter for Jacksonville but he's part of a committee in Jacksonville where they're going to play from behind in Jacksonville where their offensive line um, may makes Washington feel better about their offensive line. It's it's And he's not a great pass catcher, certainly not compared to Chris Thompson. But I would still rather have him just in case. Just in case he ends up being the reason why the Jaguars give the Colts uh, a run for their money in week one. And all of a sudden, he turns into a a potential breakout who by week four, week five, we end up starting.
0: Okay. All right, we got a lot more coming up, including some fab tips, how to get to the season if you're managing... Your fab, the most over-rostered players, the Fantasy Cops. And um, I want to ask you guys, who's moved the most in the rankings since training camps opened? Uh, there's one player in particular that I that I really want to focus on here that I'm starting to think I may have overreacted a little bit, but I'll get your, your thoughts on it. But, you know, it, it's been a while since I have worked on a resume, thankfully, knock on wood, or written a cover letter, something like that. Um, but I I do send important emails at work, not the ones that I send to you know Dave Ben etc. But uh, when I need to sound better, uh, communicate more effectively, more clearly, I use Grammarly. I just started using it. Grammarly.com/fft is where you want to go. slash fft You can get twenty percent off Grammarly Premium. So like Dave, when you write your columns just upload the document right into Grammarly, what it's going to do is it's going to look at your writing. It's going to suggest different vocabulary. It's going to make some grammatical changes, unless you're just so good. You don't need any grammatical changes, but it's just going to maybe eliminate some sentences, uh, make it less verbose. This is a really cool feature for anyone who's writing, who has a speech coming up, anything like that. Grammarly.com slash FFT. Give it a shot. You're going to be writing more confidently and more effectively. So yeah, you can either upload something or you can write, type directly into onto grammarly.com. And it's just going to scan your document and find some things that can be better. And it's going to talk about your clarity, your engagement, your delivery. So like I said, I've used it for work emails. If I were a writer for the website, if I had to write some columns, that would be bad news for all of you. But if I did, I absolutely would use Grammarly. It would make my columns a lot better and a lot more effective. You know, sometimes... You don't even realize how repetitive you're being when you're writing something. So, you know, that's been the case sometimes where I've written an email, put it in Grammarly and says, you can eliminate this. It just makes it a lot better. So anyway, what you want, what you want to do if you want to elevate your writing and communicate more effectively, uh, you want to use it on Outlook, Gmail, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever, go to Grammarly.com FFT. Sign up right now for Grammarly Premium. Get 20% off, 20% off Grammarly Premium at Grammarly.com FFT. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash FFT. I got contract news here. The Saints close to an extension with Alvin Kamara. The Cardinals signed DeAndre Hopkins to an extension. And the Browns signed Kareem Hunt to a two-year $13.25 million deal. Ben, what did you think of this uh, Kareem Hunt signing?
1: Um, I thought it was interesting. I mean, obviously, we uh, there was some talk in the dynasty community that, you know, Hunt could potentially be a a three down back next year somewhere else. And Chubb could also be a three down back. But now we're looking at, you know, a multi year situation where they're probably going to be splitting. I don't think it changes anything for 2020 and what our expectations were. And as far as dynasty is concerned, I'm not really sure. I, I think it's a little bit of a knock on Chubb certainly, obviously, to have Hunt back. I don't think it really impacts Hunt too much because I don't think there was ever really a reason to believe that he was a a lock to get a three-down roll somewhere else in a great situation. And this is not a bad situation. He's being used pretty heavily. There's a reason he's being drafted in the fourth, fifth round in some redraft leagues. He's being used as standalone value, and then he also has plenty of upside if something happens to Chev over the next couple of years at some point. He could have a league-winning season. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think fine for Hunt and his, like, dynasty value. And then, you know, a little bit of a knock for Chubb, certainly, long-term. All
0: right, Dave. Justin Jackson expected to play week one. Daryl Henderson trending in the right direction. The Rams apparently are going to use three running backs if Henderson plays in week one. Um, What's a bigger mess? the Niners. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, I really feel like the Niners were more of a two-back team than people... Think.
2: Yeah, well, that that was when they didn't have Jarek McKinnon. That is and true. His contract. Speaking of contracts, whew, they they gave him a lot of money to not play the last two years. I'm sure, obviously, you know, he got hurt. Whatever. Um, I, I think it it could get messy. I think Malcolm Brown is going to be one of those disposable running backs where you'll have him on your team now, and by week four, you'll say, "Why is this guy still on my team? He's not doing anything. He's not very good." Akers and and, um, Henderson, to me, are the key guys moving forward. They're more explosive. Brown is almost like the safety net who is going to get the ceremonial first carry and first start because he's been with the team for so long.
0: He is rostered in 17% of leagues, Malcolm Brown. So it doesn't sound like we have much interest there.
2: You'd have to be 3 a.m. at the bar desperate to start Malcolm Brown week one.
0: (laughs) Man, there have been plenty of nights where I have gone to the bar at 3 a.m., just desperate as hell, said, hey, open up the kitchen. Give me a damn pizza or some chicken wings or something. That's what you meant, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What do you think I
0: that uh, I don't know. Patriots expected to ease Sony Michelle into the mix. So are we not starting him in week one?
2: You shouldn't. Yeah. Please don't make me have to choose between Sony Michelle and Malcolm Brown week uh, okay. one. Okay, you you don't have to.
1: Michelle, I I expect to see a lot of white in Rex Burkhead in week one. Mm -hmm. We know Harris is going to be out as well.
0: And Brandon Cooks was limited with a calf injury. Is he in jeopardy of missing Thursday's game?
2: I haven't looked into it yet, and we'll see if he practices or how much he practices on Tuesday and Wednesday. Ultimately, the injury report comes out, but Aaron Wilson, who covers the Texans, said that he's been fast throughout camp. He's been separating from defenders, and uh, that leads me to believe that he'll be okay for the game, and I like him. If If he's active... I like him. I like Fuller more, but I think both of them can end up getting minimum eight targets against the Chiefs.
1: Imagine if Will Fuller was limited with the calf injury leading to week one. Would Dave be saying that he liked him?
2: <laughs> I, if he was, hold on, if he's limited and he's playing, I would say I liked him. Yeah. Fuller's going to get,
1: would. I think I, Fuller's going to get 12 targets and go for about 150 yards
2: in I the, think, the opener. I, I think 100 yards is at least the minimum and he's going to be chalky in DFS, yeah. which is why I think going to Cooks might be the better idea because everyone in the world is going to be on Fuller. But Kansas City's secondary right now has some issues. Charvarius Ward is their only reliable starter. Um, everybody else they have is this big, huge question mark at this point. Their other outside cornerback, Shaw Breeland, suspended to begin the year. So Houston can win there. It's, it's Watson evading the Chiefs' pass rush and uncorking a couple of deep balls where he can really – um, give the Texans a chance to make some big plays, and he did it tw- in two games last year. Had 42 and 52 pass attempts in those yeah.
0: games. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge number there. Um, by the way, those two teams, I, I'm looking forward to previewing this game tomorrow, but the Chiefs and the Texans gave up the most receiving yards to running backs last year. We'll see if that continues in this one. That'd be great for Clyde edwards helaire maybe for David Johnson, maybe for Duke Johnson. Um, but, you know, actually, if uh, if Watson's going to throw more than 40 times, I bet Duke Johnson... Is like a five catch guy or something like that. Wouldn't shock me.
2: I'm not starting him. No, uh, maybe you know, sixteen team right. PPR league, three running backs. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, sure.
0: Um, he's, he's well, I'd start bench. him. I'd start him over Malcolm Brown in PPR. There you go. How,
2: how about I you?
0: Would, would, would you do that? Okay. All right. Two more notes here. Uh, Colts tight end Trey Burton's on IR with a neck injury. Uh, Jack Doyle gets the Jaguars in Week One and 50% rostered for Jack Doyle. Dave, did he crack your top 15
2: uh, in week one? At uh, tight end, I will double-check, but I believe he did. Okay. All right. I'm checking right now. Well, while you do that, I'll let everybody know. I just hit know. T.E. on the pull-down.
0: Okay. He is exactly
2: 15.
0: Hey, how about that?
2: Ahead of Gronk, Gesicki, Chris Herndon, Austin Hooper. Um, he's ahead of C.J. Uzama.
0: No. Oh. Okay, that's Jack Doyle. And finally, the Giants waived DeAndre Baker, who was their first round, one of their three first round picks uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, 2019, I guess that was. And the only cornerback selected in round one that year, actually, and now waived. (laughs) So, the most over-rostered players on too many rosters. Get rid of them. I came prepared with a list just in case you guys don't have any names off the top of your head. I can throw these at you. Or you can. Okay, is that what we want to do?
2: Yeah, because I don't have a list.
0: That's my fault. I should have sent that out earlier to give you time. But uh, (laughs) ninety nine percent rostered. Leonard Fournette.
1: I just told someone to cut him the other day in the shadow league.
0: No way.
1: Somebody asked me they needed to cut somebody to roster somebody, and I can't remember what. I answer a lot of these DMs, but um, they needed to. Add somebody that they needed to add. Maybe it was a kicker or something. And they it was a shallow league. They didn't have a lot of options. And I said, looking at their roster, in my opinion, Fournette, I, I don't get it. Like, I mean, I, I don't think Fournette is um a bad person to have on your roster right now. I certainly think there's a lot of upside here, but there's also a, a chance that Leonard Fournette is just bad. And there's a lot of people that are acting like he's still just a top five pick, and the last three years didn't happen, but he wasn't. He, he was a compiler running back vault, like volume stats. people are like, look how many total yards he had last year. He wasn't good. He got a ton of touches. I just don't buy it. I don't get it.
2: How, how do you get points in fantasy football, Ben?
1: Lots of touches.
2: Okay. Well, I don't know if he's going to get a lot of touches in Tampa Bay, but I think the potential is there. And half the reason why I was in love with Ronald Jones from you know the start of training camp until a week ago was because I thought he was going to get a lot of touches and now that could fall on Fournette. it's not a guarantee but I think he's he's absolutely worth rostering
0: yeah but 99% cuz I'm not yeah, sure Yeah, 99% okay.
2: absolutely he was, belongs on a roster in every fantasy league okay. are you sure no. he's better than Ronald Jones
1: like I, not, I know it's blasphemy to suggest that Ronald Jones is good but he was pretty decent last year. Uh,
2: If I am basing it off of last year, I would say, yes, Fournette is a better fit for what Bruce Arians wants and is therefore the better running back for Tampa Bay. But I don't have an intimate idea of exactly how good Ronald Jones was in training camp. Okay, I know what he did to get ready for training camp, but if if he was amazing in training camp, Ben, they wouldn't have given Leonard Fournette what they gave him. Sure. Yeah. They just wouldn't. They and, would have stuck with they would have stuck with McCoy and Ogumbawale and everybody else that they have.
1: I did Sean just Vaughan. pull up PFF's player grades literally after asking that question. And Ronald Jones was graded better, was better in the running game, was slightly worse in the passing game than Fournette. Better, yeah. better pass blocker. Everyone says Jones is a terrible pass blocker. Fournette was even worse somehow.
2: By two spots, but they were both like after yeah, they're both bad. They were yeah. both terrible.
1: But Jones overall had the better grade.
2: It was weird last year. I think I saw this on PFF where Fournette was top 10 in elusiveness after being in the 30s the previous two years. So Hmm. there must have been a couple of plays where he just like he broke a tackle or something or he made a guy miss and he was just off to the races. Yeah, Um, he makes some big plays. It could have been that game against Denver. He had a big run like that against the Broncos. Yeah. And that could have that could have pumped up his, his elusiveness, but physical, he he he's absolutely more prepared to handle a goal line role than Rojo.
0: Well, mm-hmm. I, you know, I I don't know if you did Dave your pros with Joe's draft, but I just had mine. It's fourteen team league PPR. You mm-hmm. want to guess where Leonard Fournette went?
2: Round six. Give me a number, overall. If it's round six in a fourteen team league, that means he's probably like eighty first.
0: He Ben, where do you think Fournette went? I
1: don't even think I want to know. Uh, 45th.
0: You don't want to know. 47th he went. 47th yeah. overall. God, that's so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: Guys, he could be Trent Richardson 2.0, and no yeah. one is acting like that's a possibility.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was nervous because... Uh, this the guy I'm sharing a team with, Matthew, had it, had him in our queue in round three, but we didn't take him, luckily. We, we, uh, we took Patrick Mahomes instead, but no, we, we didn't pick again for a while, uh, and Fournette was off the board in round four. Uh, okay, so anyway, uh, what was I? All right, let's go back to our list here. Um, most over-rostered players. So I had Fournette at 99%. That was really the only running back that I thought was extremely over-rostered. Maybe, maybe. I, I think maybe he should be like 85% or something like that. But anyway, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, 83%
1: should be lower
2: he he will be he will be completely unsexy but still find a way to get you f- like four for 65 every single week pretty the occasional touch on. pretty interesting every single week.
0: week one though week one i think is going to be interesting because the bucks i mean, i can see a lot of points in this game Mm-hmm. Saints, Bucks. The Bucks, their secondary got a lot better last year, but it was actually they the, they were doing pretty well against number one receivers, not necessarily the number two guys. Um,
1: um, if he gets four catches every single week, never fluctuates, which would be good to be that consistent. He would have sixty four catches. There has been, um, it, 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 I'm pretty sure it's targets, right? The the seventy five stat. No one since Alvin Kamara was. Uh, drafted three years ago. No one other than Alvin Kamara or Michael Thomas on the Saints has gotten more than 75 targets. So if he gets 64 catches, he's probably getting over 75 targets unless he catches every single target he gets. And so that would mean that he's going to be the best third receiving weapon in New Orleans in the last four seasons. And that's not even considering the fact that Jared Cook already established himself last year as a pretty solid third weapon I don't see how Sanders can even get four catches a week.
0: Let me let me give you a fun take here, right? Emmanuel Sanders. See if you agree with this. So a lot of people really like Emmanuel Sanders, probably more than anyone on this show does. Uh, if you have Emmanuel Sanders and he has a good week one, I would say he is the best trade candidate, yeah. and but, I could see him having. Yeah, a but good who's going to
2: give you anything? I for think him. a lot
0: of people would, Dave. I think people are buying in. Chris Harris came on on Friday, and he was it. Chris Harris Stracker. Was he the one saying yeah, that he Chris likes Chris Harris was
1: about it. Yep.
0: Yeah, I, a lot of people like Emmanuel Sanders. He said, hey, once upon a time, Brandon Cooks and Michael Thomas were both good. So I think there is some Emmanuel Sanders love out there. I think that was evident in his ADP. The fact that he's rostered in 83% of leagues. You trade him. He has a good week in week one. That's a sell high.
2: Yeah, but what are you going to get?
0: I don't know you anything. Might. DeAndre Swift. <laughs>
2: okay, all right. <laughs>
0: you know, you know, get something. We'll we'll talk about it after week one when he has Emmanuel 60 Sanders, yards Sanders and the bench out.
2: running back for DeAndre Swift who disappoints or Devin Singletary. There's someone that'll have a bad game. Yeah, that's a great get move. flustered and and they'll go. That's fine. You can all and I'm not. I'm not trying to stand on a podium and say, you know, make sure Emmanuel Sanders is on your roster. He's one of those other players who's cuttable for sure for the running backs that we talked about 10, 15 minutes ago. Right. Right. Like okay. if I'm going into the season, I know I'm not starting Emmanuel Sanders. If he's my fifth, sixth or later wide receiver on my bench, when am I ever going to start him? Even if he does get four catches per game, he's like a bi week replacement. Right. So you could certainly cut him for one of the running backs that might be out there on the waiver wire. John Brown,
0: 78% rostered. Sammy Watkins, 74% rostered. John Brown, 78%. Sammy Watkins, 74%.
2: You know what they have in common with Emmanuel Sanders? Wide, They're wide receivers. <laughs> they've get... all been to the chicken and christmas capital of michigan that's what they've been... no the wider receivers they are they are familiar names uh-huh. and if there's one thing that stands the test of time in fantasy football it's that people gravitate toward names that they've seen before it's why adrian peterson is probably on a bunch of rosters at this point i mean you'll tell me what his his roster oh, percentage is i'm going to guess but, it's about 50 yeah okay but like people no, remember... no i'm going to guess it's much much lower
0: i'm going to guess it's like 15
2: W- really, for Adrian Peters? I'd be surprised. What by do you that, think? But- go ahead,
0: go ahead, guess.
2: <clears throat> I'm just, I'm just saying. John Brown had a thousand yards last year. Sammy Watkins mm-hmm. had a thousand yards once before in his career. Manuel Sanders was pretty good once upon a time. People will gravitate toward those names late in their draft.
0: Are they over rostered?
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, go Peter- get the go get James Robinson. Drop. Those I kind of, I kind of think Watkins might
1: prove to be under rostered. It's been weird all, all year that he hasn't been higher. And I like Nico Hardman, but. Okay. Uh, Pro- probably in that offense he should be he should be rostered.
2: Peterson thirty eight percent. Hardman taking work away from him. Sure. For Golden, sure.
0: Golden Tate, sixty two percent. Hunter Renfro fifty-six percent.
2: Fine. I'm fine with Tate, and Tate kind of belongs in that same group of names you know, but he could end up being like pretty good, especially in PPR, as the Giants pass to you know, save their lives every week.
0: My my issue with Tate is, like, do you have the guts to start him against Pittsburgh, Chicago, no. or San Francisco? That's his no. first he's,
2: a, he's He's a bi-week. For now, he's a bi-week receiver, but he's one where the target volume should be better than any other receiver that we've talked about since this segment began.
0: Okay. Um, Robbie Anderson is 43% rostered. DD Westbrook is 25% rostered. I mean, I know that's not a high percentage, but...
2: Why? Watch him, watch him catch a touchdown this week and everybody (laughs) rushes to add DeeDee Westbrook.
0: He's, he's the same percentage as Chenault, same roster percentage as Chenault. That's a problem. Yeah. Robbie Anderson at 43%. There was one beat
1: beat that said that they were going to cut him because he was so banged up in camp Mm -hmm. Westbrook. I mean, like it was like an out, you know, an outside shot and it made a little news because it was like, oh, there's a, you know, a a 53 man projection and it didn't happen obviously, but I don't I don't see how at this point you can be optimistic about a guy in the last year's contract who's never really been productive. He's 27 years old and they have this rookie that they liked enough to take in the upper half of the second round who is exciting. Like mm-hmm. that's just not good for DD Westbrook.
0: Okay. What about Robbie Anderson at
2: 43%? I would I wouldn't mind having him on my bench for week one just to see how this Panthers offense operates and to see whether or not he's the third most targeted player or the fourth most targeted player.
0: And if you're looking for wide receivers that you could replace these guys with, Paris Campbell, 17%, Cordell Patterson, 16% rostered. But he's a running back, Adam. Yeah, but he is also eligible wide receiver.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Wouldn't that be
0: interesting? Yeah.
2: If Cordell Patterson ended up being a thing for the Bears and you could start him at receiver even though he's more running back?
1: That Mm -hmm. happened in the middle of the year a couple years ago. And then the... Like there was talk about switching his position mid-season. That was, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, no, there were a lot of fantasy cops Yeah, that
2: And CBS, CBS has him eligible at both.
0: James Washington, 11% rostered. I mean, there's just like no thought that the guy who led the Steelers in receiving last year could actually be the number two receiver on the team.
1: Yeah, it seems like a problem. I mean that, that that's that's kind of a mistake in my opinion. I, the, the issue is obviously Claypool, their second round pick, is more you know similar to the point I just made about Westbrook. He overlaps with Washington's skill set more than Deontay Johnson's, and he's probably going to take some snaps from Washington. But that's too much certainty. He should be on more than this.
0: Okay. And as far as tight ends go, Rob Gronkowski. Not, oh, also I want to say Van Jefferson is eight percent playing a deep league. There's been some Van Jefferson buzz. We've seen them use three receivers before. So
1: yep, I like
0: that. Uh, I couldn't really find uh, tight ends who were over-rostered. Maybe Gronkowski at 93%, Jared Cook at yep. 90 But But Jared Cook, I think, is a week one starter, isn't he, Dave?
2: I agree. I think he is. Yeah, so... Yep. 40 and a touchdown.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to spend much time on tight ends. Well, you know, I think when we preview the games, I and mean, you just want some streamers, Cook scored. I think Cook scored in both games against Jags, against the uh, Bucks last year, if I recall. He might have.
2: I'm I'm, I'm more looking at the linebackers and safeties and wondering, well, are they really going to dedicate one of their great linebackers to covering Jared Cook? I don't think they will. It'll probably be a safety. That's a matchup that I think Drew Brees will believe in. Okay.
0: Uh, that those would be your over rostered players. Some things I want to promote real quick. we have a mailbag every we record on Friday but it airs on Saturday so you have an opportunity throughout the week to get your questions in but you're gonna they're gonna be starter sit questions. you're gonna want more trade questions uh, not like waiver wire necessarily because uh, the episode airs Saturday. but if you want your question read, we do read emails fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, but we also read Apple podcast review questions and we'd appreciate a five star review. Continue to help us grow. It's, we All the help that you've all given us has been so appreciated. So keep it going. Give us a five-star review, and you'll get your question answered in our special Saturday episode, The Mailbag. Um, we have Fantasy Football Today in 5, our brand-new podcast. Every morning, it publishes at 3 a.m. So when you first wake up, if you want five minutes of fantasy news and analysis, Fantasy Football Today in 5. Sometimes it's like five minutes and ten seconds, so budget a little bit extra time. But... It's cool. It's it's doing really well right now. Um got a pretty nice little audience. Let's let's keep it going. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, smart speakers, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's called Fantasy Football Today in 5. All right. Fab tips. I want to go over a few of the uh 20 plus dollar fab bids from last year's 14 team podcast league, okay? Go for it. Terry McLaurin, $21. And, and Do you these, know what These are in order. With, uh, I think week one, one, but like after week one, but all I know yeah. is starting early in the season and moving on. Okay. McLaurin, yeah, 21. He was
1: the biggest guy after week one.
0: Uh, Demarcus Robinson,
2: $26. That might have been me.
0: Got a Ron few Robinson. decent games there.
2: Yeah, I thought he'd be more involved and better in that offense. This was the one that you got to learn your lesson <laughs> from. Wayne Gallman,
0: $84 out of a hundred, by the way, a hundred dollar budget, $84 for Wayne Gallman, who probably won you one week. Then he got hurt, unfortunately, but wow. $84. I mean, at that
1: time, it sounded like Barkley would miss a month plus. And so I understand the, you know, the aggressiveness there, but as it played out, Barkley only missed a couple of weeks because he's superhuman. And Gallman got hurt himself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Was it so. worth it? Would it do you think it's worth it to spend 84 to help clinch a win one week? No, not no. one, but how many I weeks? Believe, I believe there was someone on this podcast who believed that uh that it was worth it.
0: The way, the way that it I, I think I make a lot of transactions in that league, right? A lot a lot of zero dollar bids, but a lot of one dollar bids too. A lot of five dollar bids, those types of things. I cannot yep. imagine. Going through that season with sixteen dollars, other than the Wayne Gallman cash in, you know. But but let's take Latavius Murray. He gave you two weeks with over thirty PPR points. How much was that worth?
2: Hundred and sixty-eight according to the Wayne Gallman chart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would say like no. fifty.
2: I I you know. And it was two weeks in the middle of the season. Like he mm-hmm. he might have helped you kind of keep your playoff hopes alive yeah. for a couple of weeks. It's got to be worth at least a third. Of My it
1: first now. thought was, it's dependent on your, your team's, you know, level at that point when he, when he emerged, if you were on the playoff bubble, yeah, he was probably worth every dollar you had left at that point.
0: Daniel Jones was $21. Cortland Sutton was $26. That was like mid season or just shy of mid season. Uh, Gerald Everett, $26. That was bad. This was an interesting one, Kenny Still's. This is when Fuller got hurt. Kenny Still's. It seemed like he had a great opportunity. Forty nine dollars, bad. Brian Hill. So, okay, this is an important lesson of we don't always know what these teams are going to do with their running backs. So, Brian Hill is coming off a game where he has twenty carries for sixty one yards and also a ten yard touchdown catch at New Orleans. But you look at the touches, you say twenty one touches. He faced the good run defense. Um, I'll take him. And he got 15 carries the next week against the worst run defense in football, what ended up being one of the worst run defenses in football, Carolina. I don't know how bad they were at that point. And Brian Hill, he went for $66, 66 fab dollars, and he followed that up with 15 carries for 30 yards and one catch for eight yards. That is four PPR fantasy points. Uh, That sucks.
1: (laughs) If I remember correctly, that was, and I'm looking, yeah, it was one week after Carolina got torched by Washington by both Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson. They, I think they both had 100 yards rushing, and so Bryant Hill was the DFS play. And I remember I I did not play him a lot. I faded him, and I I felt very smart about that when he didn't do very well.
2: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like he's the number two now. By the way, in Atlanta, mm. interesting behind Gurley. Uh,
0: well, you you know. If there's not, if there's only a week or two long injury, because Freeman was not supposed to miss that much time. Don't spend sixty six dollars on Brian Hill. No, no. And I thought Scar- he'd be better
2: than he was too.
0: Bo Scarborough was a thirty five dollar bid. He had a fourteen carry, fifty five yard, and a touchdown game, and then he scored seven, eight, and seven fantasy points in basically both non PPR and PPR the next three weeks. He was okay. He had one catch, and those were the big bids. Uh, yeah, I guess um, you know, bad running backs or not, not great running backs. If you're going to bid a lot on them, it's risky. Could pay yeah, off, I mean, there's risky. a
2: reason why these guys are backup running backs on their own teams. Right, They're not good enough to be starters on their own teams and overspending to get them. These guys aren't going to be like the rookie running backs. Like if Mark Ingram goes down with an injury, someone, week one, Mark Ingram goes down, and, and if Dobbins was somehow a free agent, you know someone would unload all of their fab to get Dobbins. So uh, it, it really, it's going to come down to a spot where the, the starter gets hurt and the backup is someone that's already regarded as a like high upside running back. That's when you should unload the fab. You shouldn't unload for Wayne Gallman slash Brian Hill slash Ty Johnson right. or Mike Boone, right. that punk. I can't stand it. <laughs> and I think
1: another, another point here, including Boone and Hill and Scarborough is people love to save their fab. And then they, they use it all late on a guy on guys like that. And it, I I'm a fan of using it early. I think guys like Terry McLaurin going, go, being willing to be aggressive early in the season that helped you all season. And, and these guys you were hoping would help you for a couple of weeks at the end. And and a lot of them didn't even end up helping because you don't really know when a, when a running back goes down late in the year, or if the team's going to just mix in some young guys or what. So I don't think like saving all your fab so you can blow it on a Brian Hill or Bo Scarborough. Like that's a big point here. I think
0: I would. Yeah. So if you're in a shallower league versus a deeper league and you're trying to use your fab. Does that matter? Uh, are you more aggressive in a certain type
2: of league, Dave? Um, yeah, probably. Well, what t- shallow or deep? I'm probably going to be more aggressive in the deeper league than the shallow league because I know that there will be more talent that comes around in the shallow league.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. Right, early on, especially because in the deeper league, guys like Terry McLaurin weren't necessarily rostered in, in pretty pretty much any league. You know, maybe they were in some deep leagues, but there's guys that are that are the breakouts of, you know, the year Alfred Morris or, you know, whatever. I guess he was preseason still a little, but there's these guys that come kind of out of nowhere. And that's going to be true across any league. They're not going to be rostered, but like Dave said, you're going to have other options in a shallow league. And in deep league, that might be your only shot. So early on, I'm I'm going hard at it.
0: You probably don't want to spend too much on quarterback streamers and tight end streamers because you're going to be doing that every week in some cases. Not every week, but in a lot of weeks. If you find a quarterback that you think you're going to keep for five weeks, that's another thing. But, um, you know, just uh, first of all, I really recommend zero dollar bids. <laughs> I, I would not want to play in a league that had a hundred dollar budget, and no zero dollar bids. But hey, what, whatever. It's I don't. His, yeah, his I, own. I don't.
1: I don't understand the, the like five. $8 bids. Um, I, I kind of think you either are deciding that you're going to have to beat someone else's bid and you need to be aggressive. And maybe that in some cases, rare cases that only requires five to eight, but you might need to be aggressive or you go $0 and you hope no one else bids. And you're like, I could do without this guy. I'm, But don't, don't get caught in between where you're either going to get outbid or you're going to waste some fab.
2: Okay. Any other tips? Well, to that end, would it be so bad if you spent one or two just in case, no, there's a waiver tiebreaker like I'm probably guilty of that more than anything is there? there there's a player that's available that I'm OK with and I wouldn't mind having but not going to break the bank for don't want to spend 10 percent of my fab to get them if I only think it's going to be for a couple of weeks. But I'll spend two or three percent.
1: Yeah, I think going two or three bucks. A chance. Yeah, going two or three bucks to beat the other people that are trying to get that that person for zero or one. You know, I think it's totally fine. But yeah. like the the eight dollar or ten dollar when you're probably not going to get them for eight or ten often, you know, doesn't doesn't play out well.
2: Um, and we'll we'll keep giving fab advice throughout the season. We we do that a ton. So when players come up off the waiver wire that are available, that's what our Tuesday shows are for to help people set those claims and make sure they're spending their money the right way.
0: And if you've never played in a fab league, it's the best. It's the most fair way to do it. It's fun. It's the best, absolutely. And there's an option on CBS and our commissioner leagues to send the full fab report out so you can see what others bid. So if you want someone for 30 bucks and you want to know, well, how over aggressive was I? And you get the fab report and the second highest bid was like eight, yeah, you, know, you can. People can make fun of you for it or whatever. Or maybe, yeah. you, maybe the second highest bid was twenty six, and you feel really good about your bid. But you could—that's an option for the commissioner to select. I'm sending it out this year. I think it's a really cool idea. Um, okay, so uh, we're gonna save the players that moved the most in your ranking since training camp open for tomorrow, and we'll do some NFL standings predictions tomorrow and preview the Thursday night game. We're gonna read your emails now, including a fantasy regulator slash cops question. But first. The worst part of the show okay ben <laughs> big announcement
1: oh yeah yeah this is going good what be an my, intro what yeah, a, i I'm very <laughs> upset i'm
0: honestly very upset i'm glad you're set
1: yeah I this am. is gonna be my last show uh at least for now I, yeah i'm gonna be leaving for the regular season um i'm gonna be doing some some sports betting writing and also just going to be taking some time away for a little bit. And, uh, I'll still be around on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at yards per Gretsch, but yeah, I won't be uh, a regular on the pod. Um, you know, after, after today. So yeah, it's a bummer. I, I have really enjoyed this. I've really enjoyed working with you guys for the last 16 months. This is an awesome team. I, I was telling you guys this, you know, and not on the air, but th- I've learned so much from every single person on this team. That's been such a blast for me personally, but, um, yeah, a little bittersweet. Not, not, not. You know, it, it, there's
0: no, sometimes it there's, it's
1: a business type type of thing, you know. But well, it sucks.
0: Yeah, I'm very it's, upset it's not, about it. I've enjoyed having been so like on the show so much and. I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of really, really nice people. We have almost entirely like really nice people on the fantasy staff since I've been at the company since 2009. And Ben fit in perfectly. He's one of the nicest people I've worked with. Um, So that's always the first thing. I mean, that's the thing I care about the most. Do I enjoy working with the person? Yes, Ben, I enjoyed working with you so much. I learned a lot from you. Your prospect profiling is like top notch. I learned a lot about college players. Um, I'm going to like you taught me to draft... Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson and Melvin Gordon in every single one of my drafts. So I'm going to do that. (laughs) No, I, I, I'm not a hundred percent in on the running back dead zone, but I'm probably about 85% in. So you've influenced me quite a bit there. Nice. Um, I'm going to miss you, man. And hopefully we'll have you on from time to time.
2: And, uh, I, and first of all, I did not expect to hear news like this when I woke up today, and I'm, I'm frustrated, and I echo what Adam said. Uh, I've learned a lot from you, and and you were great to have around. Is there one piece of actionable advice, one thing that you want our our listeners to take away with them for their drafts for the rest of their lives?
1: Yeah, do everything that Dave Richard says.
2: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. I, and listen... <laughs> you you clearly are a a man of you know high intelligence and uh I like your advice no for real is there is there seriously one thing
1: well I mean um I don't know that there is you guys know that I've always kind of been the 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 little edges things but yeah I mean like structurally and drafts don't overvalue running backs is probably my biggest thing there's no such thing as guaranteed touches you know be be open to not chasing the running back position that's Kind of my biggest mantra
2: so basically the opposite of follow everything that Dave Richard
1: says. right right exactly yeah literally the opposite <laughs> all
2: right perfect like i knew all along you're a dummy you have no idea what you're talking about and uh no i'm just kidding i'm teasing um all right philosophical difference between the two of us but still i'm yeah. sad that you're going and you'll be missed and now it's time for me to let you know that i tried seattle hot dogs again And, um, this time I had it with seasoned onions and hot sauce and it was phenomenal. Oh, there you go. Like so good that the next time that I prepare hot dogs at home, I'm going to make them Seattle style. So here, here's, here's the recipe, grill a hot dog, toast your bun, put some cream cheese on the bun, grill some onions, put butter and salt and pepper on the onions as they're cooking, let them get nice and tender. Put the onions on the hot dog, hot dog in the bun, of course, and then put just uh, to taste how much hot sauce you want. If you want crazy heat, go crazy. And if you want just a little, just a few drops. But I believe that it's it's having something hot that made the hot dog really
0: be great. So nice. the cream cheese goes on the outside of the hot dog bun, right? Yep. Okay. No. And the, the hot dog is... <laughs> like horizontally laid, like across the box. Right.
1: You yeah. chop it up into pieces and you, <laughs> okay. you slather each piece
0: <laughs> with cream cheese and then. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Let's do some fantasy cops from, oh, I don't have a name here, from a small town Percy. in West Kentucky. Who is it, Dave? Percy. Percy from? A small town in West Kentucky? Yeah, okay. Uh, last night we had our live draft. Today, our commissioner put all of our players into our rosters. The last skill player he drafted was Artavis Pierce. But that player was not available to put on a roster, so he added James Robinson. About 1 o'clock, he sent us a message that the rosters were uploaded. He informed us that his last pick wasn't available, so he just added another rookie running back. At 6 o'clock, I got an update that James Robinson was named the starter for Jacksonville. Should the commissioner have to drop James Robinson so everyone has a chance to spend fab on him, or is it fair game?
2: Was it the very, very last pick of the draft? It was his last pick. It doesn't even pick, matter. I don't there's not there's
1: To me, this is the easiest fan. I, I'm going out with an easy one. There's oh, yeah? no chance the commissioner can just add him after the fact. The player you picked the draft day was the player. Uh, you, you, everyone else gets a chance at him. They, you know, news can be updated. You could have saw more information after the draft, you had to draft on draft day, James Robinson, you didn't, and you can't just add him to your roster because you know, that, that spot was, I understand the commissioner's thinking I can't get the guy that I actually drafted onto my team, but, you, you, you can't just add somebody that's going to be somebody that's clearly going to get bet on
2: no I agree I was just wondering could it be a situation where he had the last pick anyway and he, he took a player and just oh, sorry wrong well no never mind no that it was
0: Artavis Pierce who who I don't know if he didn't make the Bears roster or something but he's not right. he got cut he right. couldn't put him on his team so he just said okay I'll take James Robinson
1: but time had passed But what do you and, do and like news... what do you
0: do then like who do you even put on your team if you cannot physically put Artavis Pierce on your team
2: well, why are you drafting somebody if you can't put them? He on didn't your know. Team? He it's didn't know because like he's comp- he
0: looking for a Bears running back with Montgomery hurt. So he didn't know that Pierce would would not. So was Pierce on his team or not? He drafted him, and then he went to upload the rosters. They did a live draft. Then he went mm-hmm. to upload the rosters and put all the players on, oh, and he could see, not. That's where- he could not put Artavis Pierce on. But that
1: doesn't mean you get to choose James Robinson. What I would do no, is agreed. find somebody who certainly is is just a placeholder. Be- yeah, like.
0: Yeah. yeah, put him back in the league. Everyone gets the bit on him. The fantasy cops say so. All right, let's do some emails. Finish the show. Fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. This is from James. Dear Blanche, Rose, Dorothy, and Ma Schrager. You know that? No. Thank that you gold? for being. It's the. Oh, excuse me, Ben Gretch. What was that?
1: I was going to ask you. It's Golden Girls. Of course, I have it's no the idea.
2: Golden Girls. Is What's it? the age difference between Ben Gretch and Ben Schrager?
0: I just guessed. Sometimes I feel like it's like two months, but I think I'm it's like 10 years. I'm 33. How old are you? 23. Yeah, 10 it's years. It's
2: a decade. Yeah, I guess that would make the difference between knowing who the Golden Girls are. and It was
1: 12 not. years before I was born.
2: Oh, but the, <laughs> the Golden Girls, I mean, like it's not like the Golden Girls were
0: wildly popular when I was born. Well, maybe they were, but not when I was like growing up. Okay, anyway, grade, uh, grade the trade. Give up Dak Prescott and Cooper Cup. Oh, actually, he said, I was offered this trade, and in a fit of disgust, I told the man who proposed the trade to pack a bag full of sand, get into his car, and drive it straight to hell. Maybe I'm overreacting, (laughs) but here's the trade. I give up Dak Prescott and Cooper Cup. I get Matt Ryan, Debo Samuel, and J.K. Dobbins. I have Mark Ingram. No. So he didn't make the trade. Not only did he not make the trade, he told grade the, guy the to trade go to hell. that didn't happen. Uh,
2: it wasn't. Grade I don't the think trade. it's
1: that awful. I don't think it's sending him straight to hell with a bag full of sand. But I mean, it's that's probably not a trade I'd make.
2: You should have given him six bags of sand.
0: <laughs> okay, from Nick, my friend is the commission. One of my leagues, he limited the max amount of ads for the entire season to ten in a year with potential COVID cases. <laughs> max amount of trades is five. The rosters are already shallow. Uh, Nick just wants us to, to like, he just wants
2: the vent. Ten, he didn't ask a question. 10 ad drops all year.
1: Definitely do more than 10 ad drops. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's awesome. Why
2: do you have to have a limit on ad drops? I, no. But even if ten, you are going to limit it... Do that?
1: I agree with you, Dave, entirely. But even if you are going to do that, even if you like that idea, a couple of things. One, this year, they've stacked the buys more in case they have to reschedule games. That means that you're going to need to be able to be flexible on bye weeks. Um, two, 10 is less than one per week, one one transaction per week. I mean, like this is crazy.
0: Okay, guys, rapid fire. Finish these emails from Dave. Uh, I have David Montgomery. If he doesn't play, who's my best bet in week one? I don't know the scoring. Patterson, James Robinson, Latavius, Madison, Fournette.
2: Fournette.
1: I'm going Robinson. Take the. It's an upside play for me always.
0: Uh, from no name here. Sorry about that. I drafted AJ Dillon in the 14th round PPR. Should I drop him for Josh Kelly or Daryl Williams?
1: Kelly for
2: me. Uh, Kelly for me too.
0: Andrew in Chicago, 12-team standard scoring league. I give up DK Metcalf. Hayden Hurst, Michael Gallup, and Marlon Mack. Metcalf, Hurst, Gallup, and Mack. I get Kelsey, Crowder, and Edmonds. Ooh, I hate this trade. I think I hate it.
2: I think I hate it, too. I'd want to run it through the trade chart
0: before I, love, I officially it. I love getting
1: it. Kelsey, but yeah, that's a lot to give up to get Kelsey.
0: Yeah, Kelsey, you're getting Crowder and Edmonds, who in a standard scoring league, you know, Crowder's not my... I don't know. Yeah. For Metcalf, Hurst, Gallup, and Mack, nope, don't do it. it
2: It probably does work out in your favor on the trade chart
0: because you're getting an extra player. Oh, no, you're giving, you're not getting an extra player. Never mind. Oh, I don't know, Dave. I don't like it.
2: I don't Um, really love it either. You better have receiver
1: depth if you're giving up both Metcalf Metcalf and Gallup. But otherwise, I think, I mean, those guys for Kelsey make some sense and Hurst for Crowder and Edmonds. Yeah. It's too
2: much. It's too much for Kelsey and
1: Crowder.
0: Yeah. From Dom in Prescott, Arizona, grade the trade, 10 team PPR. Give up Kyler Murray, Clyde Edwards Elair, and James Connor. Ooh. Murray, Edwards Elair, and Connor. Get McCaffrey and Cam Newton.
1: Anything for McCaffrey. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot.
0: That's tough.
2: It's. Uh, I'm going to
0: say C minus. I don't think I'd do it.
2: It's too much for McCaffrey.
0: Is anybody gonna give a grade today or just? In, a,
2: in a
1: 10 team league, I'll give it a I'll give it a B.
0: I'm fine with it. Okay. At least you gave a grade. It's,
1: it's a deep enough league you can find replacements.
0: Ben, you want to sign off? You want to do the outro?
1: Um no, I mean I, I'm terrible type so, of thing. Yeah, so
2: is Adam. That's why he's <laughs> <Yeah>. asking. <me.
1: laughs> it's been a blast. It has been an absolute blast. Thank you guys for listening and all the feedback in the uh you know in the DMs and in the emails and stuff. I really appreciated it.
0: At yards per Gretch does not rhyme with catch and we'll leave it at that talk to you tomorrow everybody see ya